0: Hey
1: everyone and welcome back to what is going to be a great episode of the class 1a podcast of my here academic podcast presented by popped off as always i'm one of your teachers advert aka andrew dimsgern but alongside me i have james graham and dylan beal or you may know them better as apothecary and fanfic we've had a good morning already just just before we even started doing the podcast it's been a good little morning for discussing i'm excited for these chapters we have hot gum aka fat gum we have koichi we have all of our favorite little crew but before that how is my favorite little crew doing this morning
0: i'm i'm doing just fine um i'm well rested I'm excited to do the show. Um, and I could say the same exact thing about everyone here on the podcast. Yeah, especially our host. Especially our host.
2: There is somebody missing from the the manga's little crew.
0: That's what I'm upset about. I'm very upset about it. Oh, yeah, that's true. We we, we were actually talking about this. Um, uh, James was just like, man, I just don't know about these chapters, dude. I I There's something about them. I'm like, it's because of Knuckle Duster. It's because it's cause of him, right? Yep. He's not in it. And he's like... Yeah,
2: (laughs) that's pretty much it.
1: (laughs) Well, we can talk about his absence, what it means, and if we ever think he's coming back after we jump to the rigmarole when we talk about this week's chapters.
0: Yeah, and make sure you tell your friends about it. Make sure you leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on.
2: Yeah, and if you have any suggestions for additional notes, uh, you know, as we're moving into like the special episodes, uh, you know, mirroring these ones, uh, ideas for that. Hit us up on Twitter at popped underscore off or email us at contact at popped We've already got some spicy ideas like a Manetta deep dive that might be coming in the mix. We don't know.
1: Or not. Well, we'll see. We'll see where that one ends up. It's probably on the not side, but we'll see. But that's not what this week is. This week is going to be chapters 31 through 35 of the My Here Academia Vigilantes manga. Chapter 31, Koichi and Pop leave for Osaka for a regional idol collaboration show that Pop's going to be in. Koichi, of course, misses the show after the twins that Pop has been performing with says, Koichi seems like the kind of guy that would miss his twin buying bento boxes, and so he does that. But it's actually a really good opportunity for him because he jumps on the side of the train, and without knowing his quirk's going to do this, actually sticks to the side of the train for the first time ever. So his quirk is developed in a way that instead of repulsing the ground like it used to, he can now reverse that propulsion and stick to things as well. And he can pretty much do it on command now. Koichi and Pop uh, reach Osaka and as they get there they see Fat Gum, our favorite pro hero chasing after a villain who turns and tries to shoot him which forces Fatgum to drop all of his food. So Fat Gum starts flicking him for every one of his little balls that he dropped but lucky for the villain Koichi actually saved all of his little balls so Fat Gum apologizes for hitting him so many times. Um, Fatcom then ends up giving Pop and Koichi um, instructions on how to get to the mall where they're heading. And actually Fatcom mentions that he's heading there as well. Um, Koichi and Pop reach the mall and the idol collaboration show where they meet a local idol, named Monica, that has a weird crab gimmick. And we also see Fatcom going into a secret media room where him and the police force are actually investigating a trigger shipment line that is coming through the mall. Chapter 32, Monica is walking around in a giant crab bot, which is pretty much like a walking advertisement that um, Monica does for the local mall, kind of how Pop um, advertised for the mall back at home. Monica is doing a very similar thing except in giant crab robot for whatever reason. Meanwhile, all that's happening in a separate area, Izawa is taking down two villains where he learns a little bit about the difference between bad trigger and good trigger. He's not undercover, but he has kind of been sent on a little mission by the police force to look in and investigate a secret organization we start to learn about that is transforming people into these next level villains where they abduct low level people or villains for a couple of weeks. And when they come back, they're bigger, stronger and handle lethal doses of trigger. We jump back to the mall where we learn that Monica is actually an undercover police agent that is looking into the mall, trying to take down a trigger supply line that is going through it. Chapter 33, Monica is checking the back storage area for a transport that they believe is bringing in the trigger. While going through one of the boxes of crabs, she realizes the trigger, where the trigger is being hidden, and pulls the guns on one of the co- uh, one of the workers that claims he's just a part-time worker. But being discovered, the villain uses Quirk to quickly snatch a gum and begin to take off with the tablet that has all the proof and the gun. Um, Fat gum bursts through the wall with the police force behind him. But the villain uses the tablet to activate the crab bots into their um, automatic attack mode. They just have that apparently. But that is where chapter 33 ends and we go into chapter 34 where Facom begins to take on the Crabbots but is struggling to fight them as they are still have the hostages inside of them. Monica uses her scissors quirk to cut out the hostages so that Facom can go to town and actually destroy the box. All the, trig- um, the triggers blown up by the crab bots, which had an automatic self-destruction as well to destroy all the evidence and the main villain um, takes off and the police force goes after him. While Fat Gum and Monica go at back into the mall after the one last crab bot that she was walking around earlier and now that Pop is controlling. Um, Koichi starts chasing after Pop that is in the loose crab bot and grabs onto the back of it and is called an idiot by Pop because he doesn't really know what's going to happen next but at least he's on the crab bot now. Last chapter today is going to be 35, the police force keeps chasing after the speedster villain, and they finally capture him, but in a blink of the eye, he does break out and escapes, and takes off with all the evidence, and really has no way to track him after this. Koichi finds an off switch on the back of the bot, but it won't work and override it, so Monica then has to use her uh, scissor quirk to free pop, but the crab bot is about to blow. Um, Koichi catches up to Pop in time to grab her and start going away, but they won't escape the blast zone in time. So Fat Gum jumps on top of them to protect them, and going into low Fat mode, aka Hot Gum mode, they save Pop and Koichi in time. Um, Koichi and Pop are actually l- allowed to go back home by the manager that they kind of been interacting with for these couple of chapters, and Nomosa, the police officer that we kind of know from the main series and the manga, he's appeared a lot is given the card by the store manager and he realizes that the business card they left as contact information was for his little sister. And we get a cute shot of those two sleeping on each other's shoulders on the train right back.
0: Yeah, it's all that Dylan cared about. Perfect scene. I, I love I love that last little scene. Yeah. I I loved this entire
1: chapters. So we got hot hot gum. We got cute little moments. We got random metal crab bot auto attacking things that could blow up like what more could you want
2: it was very uh very alien-esque with, with those suits like that's all i could think of
0: yeah i felt like there was like a a weird like maybe lost in translation thing with the with some of those crab jokes yeah they did like they. yeah that she, she kept yeah she kept doing it. i'm like
1: I, I mean, Fatgum even mentions at one point, like, it's not funny. No one gets it. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I think that was
1: part of the point. But I think, like,
2: <laughs> like she kept, I don't even get what she was getting at. Like, she kept doing that weird face. Yeah. The, <laughs> it, like, it would scrunch right up and everything, yeah. I mean, like, I didn't mind her as a character. I wasn't, like, I wasn't just, like, introduced to her and been like, hell yeah, she's sick, you know what I mean? I was just like, okay, she's she's here. But, like... Um, I'm happy we're seeing a bunch of the detective. Like, I'm like, I'm enjoying how much spotlight he gets because he is kind of alluded to as like a kind a quasi main character in the show, and like he's just been in. Well, well, like I mean, you think about it too. Like, this is like you know this is our nar- our narcotics thing, right? So I mean, like, of course the police are gonna have a heavy presence in it. I'm just happy it's this guy.
1: Yeah, I think that's been a really cool way to kind of tie the show together. It gives excuses for a lot of these pro heroes to be involved as well, especially in the areas where Koichi Pop and Knuckle Duster have been, as they've kind of been right in the middle of this whole trigger thing as well. So it kind of gives that a crossover that we keep seeing. I mean, it's not the only reason we see some of these pro heroes, like uh, uh, Ida's older brother, but it's also um, just cool. Like, Fat, there's no reason for Fat Gums to be in these chapters, except they want him to be in these chapters and they have a connection to the police force
0: so well i i think they specifically uh like sent them like on tour so that they could go to a place of where fat gum is because they sent him to his city. yes
1: that's true that is true that they do send him down to his city and god thank god I mean, they did like please just i'm so sad at the end of these chapters they go back which means their little stint with fat gum is probably over which makes me sad but it was very cool and no and i think that does absolutely make sense but Kind of going back and going through chronologically as we're jumping all over the place right now, I think the whole concept of idols is very lost on me. Because that's a very Japan thing. And, like, Dylan, like, how much do you know, like, these regional yeah. idol collaboration shows? And, like, do all mod malls, like, usually have, like, their own little idol and stuff? Like, is a lot of this stuff commonplace in Japan? or Are they over exaggerating some of it?
0: Yeah, so I would say, like, a, like, the idea of it and, like, idols and all that, it's not always, like, so when we think about idol, we think about this huge, big, mega popular pop star, um, but it doesn't always have to be that in Japan. Um, like there are like, you know, like, like kind of like local musicians, there's like local idols, you know, it's just like people kind of like on the low level of the scene kind of just getting in making their debut. Um, and they don't have to like, debut as this huge popular thing. Sometimes they're just starting out and they're actually just working on being a local musician until they work their way up. Um, so, like playing at malls and stuff like that is totally like, like par for the course. Okay. Um. So yeah. I would I would say just like frame it as more like when you think of idol, it's just like a more of a genre of music because it's just like they're singing pop songs. Um. But the way that they present themselves when they sing pop songs are just is just different.
1: Okay, that make that she makes that's actually a really good explanation. That's really super easy because like they don't act like anything's odd. But just, just the whole kind of concept and how no one really questions it and all that kind of stuff was, it, it just didn't make sense to me because this was something I'm not used to. So, yeah, so that's actually cool. But even more important than the little pop show, I mean, even though these were kind of based on pop, is why they uh, ended up going to Osaka. Koichi's just constantly developing new quirks throughout the show. Not new quirks, but new abilities. New
0: variations of I mean, yeah. like He's moves discovering almost. new abilities. Okay, but like
2: yeah, he, he, he I, yeah, there's no development with this whatsoever. He
0: just jumped on the train. He was like, "Oh, I guess this works now, right?" Like, yeah.
1: What what does he think was going mm-hmm. like? Well, I, I
0: think it. I think it kind. So I think it kind of makes sense because when he has the explanation of like, "Oh, well, whenever I'm turning, that's how I can kind of turn because I kind of grip a little bit onto it." So like, I guess it kind of makes sense that it's this way too. Um, I don't know. I thought it. I, di- I didn't think it was like a, like a weird pull of like, what's this crazy new thing we're unlocking? It was like, oh, no, well, like he, he kind of slides because of like magnetism. Makes sense that he can kind of stick to things too.
1: No, and they, they did a good job of explaining how it works, especially with his quirk and all that. But that was an assumption he made while chasing after a train and just jumped onto it. Not knowing that was going to work. I understand it's a manga and character development and
2: all that, but this dude is dumb as rock. Yeah, dude, that's the point. Koichi's not the yeah. brightest dude. He's not like, uh, you know what? I I significantly can get behind Koichi more than I can like a Deku character because Koichi's just like he's just like your everyman. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's just like, well, we'll see. We're gonna try this and see what happens and like. You know, and then he like gets the chance to like think back and like boil it down. He's like, okay, I guess there's a reason why I could be able to do that. Or you get like Midoriya, and he's just like over analyzing the shit out of everything, and it's just like, oh, come on, man, like nobody else does that. What Ko- Koichi does. I can get behind that. I can relate to that. So yeah, uh, things things just work out for him, you know. For Koichi? yeah, it's, yeah. doesn't
1: that? I guess that is very main character vibe. Yeah, oh yeah, well, and that's so everything needs to work out for him eventually. But I'm like. Doesn't that don't you guys have issue with that? That's kind of the same way with Deku, but I guess a lot of a lot of the times he's being saved. There's been two situations, this one and then the air jump have been the two ones where he's kind of developed things to save himself out of the blue, which is kind of more my heroish. Like, oh, Deku just automatically goes up ten percent and saves a day. Like I can get how that kind of be boring, and that happens a lot more often that Deku kinda of saves himself versus others saving him. Well definitely with Koichi, it's it's a more likely than not, someone else saves him. Yeah, he's but, but running the stakes away are also low. He...
0: Like, the the yeah. are, oh, I, I was able to catch this train by jumping on it. Like, I, Okay, I,
1: that one is, but the first one where he jumped in midair, he was going to fall to his death. <laughs> well, yeah, I
0: mean, that was just, like, one he that was What, going what, to what die. I'm saying is, like, normally it isn't like that, though. It's not like he's constantly doing this. Yeah.
2: And, like, the other thing I like about... um. Although I like about Koichi too that like a big thing like and I know we're kind of doing like 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 a side by side analysis at this point, but like Koichi doesn't beat himself up when he's saved. You know what I mean? Like with Midoriya, he's always like, "Oh, I need to be saved by this hero. I wasn't strong." And Koichi's just like, "Damn, dude, I couldn't do it. <laughs> Thank God, there's somebody else to help me out." Right? Like, I mean, yeah, that's right. Just- like, and like, I mean, I like that because like the like the woe was me? I wasn't strong enough. Like shtick gets, like, really, really fucking old, really quick, right? But with Koichi, it's just, like, he does with what's in his limitations, and he's not, like, embarrassed or, like, upset when something is out of his control or out of his realm, you know what I mean? So, and maybe that's just because, again, like, the stakes are sometimes lower, and his quirk is on, like, a lesser scale than, you know, inheriting All Mike's quirk. But I don't know. I, I, I just, like, I'd like to see how a character with Koichi's, um, just, like, personality... Would be in a Midoriya setting. You know what I mean? I, I I think the character, like, I think how the character developed would be significantly different than what Midoriya's kind of done. So, yeah. That's my, there's my little tangent comparing the two.
0: Wow. Good analysis, James. Thanks,
2: man. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> that and being pissed off at Knuckle Duster isn't in these chapters, <laughs> but I mean, like.
0: No, I mean, I, I do think that's a good point, though, because it, it makes the main character just feel just like better to be around mm. you know yeah yeah i actually agree with all that
1: on a totally random topic that i just thought of using koichi's magnetism do we think he can like put an object in his hand and then propulse it out and like shoot like a missile
0: oh if it's like metal as
1: like an attack Well, not even well he can do oh, it yeah to i guess anything. It he can do anything. Anything. anything so if he could like just like create some kind of glove where you just put things in there and shoot it out really fast wouldn't that be like a cool attack I, that would like actually Iron be Man cool like yeah,
0: Iron that would be and cool.
1: in big sense with this quirk there you go. That's how that's what his attack move is gonna be. He just puts things on his hand and shoots them.
2: But like so I like that. it's not even magnetism though. It's like it's like it's it's like gra- it's propulsion. it's gravity almost you know what i mean like yeah, it, gravity propulsion yeah so directional i mean as far as as far as like 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 uh, f- using that cork offensively i think he's got like a, a really wide range of how he wants to do it, but i don't know i like i don't know if koichi's ever gonna be the guy that's like i'm gonna go i want to go beat the shit out of this dude you know what i mean like he just doesn't seem like that kind of character right that's why they have knuckle duster He's like See, but that's, <laughs> he
1: just, that's the thing, though. Kind of going back with it, that Koichi keeps finding ways to develop. Within his Quirk's powers, he finds ways to develop new abilities yeah. to kind of make up for the situation it is. Knuckle Duster's been gone. And like I was kind of saying earlier, he always gets saved. And a lot of the time, it is him running away from a villain until a real hero shows up until Knuckle Duster one-shots him. Yeah, yeah. So with Knuckle Duster gone, there has to be a situation more than likely that he normally would have stepped in that Koichi's like, shit. No one's coming to save him. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Like, so, and I think a moment like that's going to happen where he's like, well, wait, like, if I can just stick to the gravity, if I use this big rocket just pointed at him, boom, headshot. Yeah,
2: exactly. I, yeah, and we haven't been in a situation that the stakes have been that high for them yet, where it's exactly. right. So, yeah.
1: But it, the story, I mean, the story is ramping up. I mean, people are being deducted. I mean, they almost blew up and died today. Like, it is getting. Little higher stakes and just neighborhood fight perverts, where the three of them are going around picking up underwear. It does feel like it's kind of ramping up a little bit more than that as we get going farther into the story.
0: Well, I mean, we do have like the big bad guy right now. We we have the villain factory, and then we have I if, the, the time don't... like Mister Time Stop or whatever. Yeah, who's literally just stopping time, aka going super fast. Um, so the... we. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's we have less, that yeah. big evil person and it seems like he's super powerful so um i'm actually i feel really good about that i i like having like that end boss kind of like off to the side that we at least know more about yeah um, also, and kind of a go on i was just, also just going to say that uh that villain factory is a sick name
1: yeah i was that's kind of what i was going to bring up there next is that the whole aizawa little we had a one chapter arc pretty much within this little one where he's like yep He's now been recruited to go undercover. He beats up these two guys pretty easily. We're just telling them to pretty much fuck <laughs> off. like Screw you and all that after he captures them. And then they all just go back to their store and talk about it. And there's a couple of fun moments. But yeah, so we learn about the crab route, which is obviously why Monica and them are back at the mall because of that on the crab route. We learn about the difference between the good trigger and the bad trigger. And there's some good moments there. But the bad trigger is kind of what they're going after now and it's a little more shady than... The prescription drugs they cut up um and then we learn a little bit more about not we don't learn too much about the villain factory just that they exist and it's being looked into and obviously the next big bad i mean is there anything about that chapter we want to talk into any notes or anything about that you guys want to talk about
0: yeah so a, a little one-off line um but just something i picked up on is um eraserhead was you know uh he said something along the lines of like you know, something, something, midnight, midnight's going to have me being an actual teacher soon. Yeah. Something like that. Which implies he hasn't started teaching yet.
2: Yeah, that gives us kind of a, a timeline of where we're at. Because we're, we've only kind of roughly estimated it where we saw Deku in his junior high outfit. And on top of that, we got a time skip. So we did that. I think that kind of realigns the timeline for us. So even though we got a time skip with Knuckle Dust not being present or anything like that, um we still know that aizawa isn't a teacher at at uh oh my god ua ua yeah so we're
0: that also means though he has to have taught at ua for like at least a year or two oh because um in the beginning uh, like the first couple chapters they talk about like how he used to fail students
2: yeah he expelled a class so that means he has
0: taught classes before them too
1: did they really make that line you guys go on a talk i didn't catch that line yeah. when reading through this
2: last night another yeah, an- was, uh,
0: i think the scene was like him and when he was like sitting on top of like the two um the two dudes he and had.
2: he's having like he's uh, having like a like a verbal monologue kind of thing right uh nice little another little like uh homage to uh to japanese culture in that chapter is that they talk about their buddy uh who who is basically like to me, it just looked exactly like the Common Rider. Like, I mean, that was that like he was the he had the exact same look and stuff like that. So that's what I took it as was like a nice little one off to him. But I guess he was a major dumbass, which I don't know if the Common Rider character actually is. But uh, you yeah, know, that was that's what i um, like amongst their discussion of like good trigger and bad trigger.
0: Yeah, um, you know, uh, I, I was looking up like Common Rider because I actually didn't know anything about him when you brought him up last night. And oh I saw like the the span of what he like what that character has been in, and it goes from like 1970 to all, like, all the way to like last year or something came out. There's a
2: there's a series running right now that I think was 2020 to 2021. It's like Common Rider Zero, I
0: think, or something like that. Yeah, it's been around forever. Like it's insane.
1: I have no idea what we're talking about, but it sounds very off
0: topic. <laughs> no, no, I mean like he's it's just like a classic like kind of hero ish like thing. It's just like um um like Ultraman. It's yeah like yeah it in like it has like that same vibe of like it's like a hero but they're like kind of power rangery kind of i i think i think there is literally a genre for it but it, it escapes me now
2: yeah it was uh they were yeah they were because i mean for anybody who doesn't know power rangers is like a like a show that starts in japan they take all the footage from that of the fight scenes and stuff like that and then basically like splice it up and cut it up to give like you know american characters and stuff like that but i believe wait what <laughs> Really? Yeah,
0: you did. Yeah, you didn't yeah.
2: know that. Yeah, dude. You think that, you think it was Jason flipping around all that time? Nah, dog. I think he does. Like he does, he does do some of his stunts. Though. Like Jason was like a notorious like martial artist though. But uh, yeah, that was that's the the whole thing with uh, Power Rangers is that it's a show in Japan. It fully airs in Japan. They get the footage. They basically cut up the fight scenes and stuff like that. And like keep those, and then all the other like just like Japanese dialogue and stuff like that they remove, and then you get uh you know the Americanized version of Power Rangers, which is called something else, and that's I think the genre, whatever it starts with
0: an S, I think. Yeah, it okay. does.
1: I okay, I love this. This is cool shit. We're way
0: off. <laughs> I know. This is probably far, the farthest off topic we've been in a long time. Hey, with. it's still it's still heroes. No, it's, it's heroes.
1: not. No, it's not. Power Rangers not heroes. There's no quirks involved. There's nothing. Can you if you give me one connection. If you put fat Gum in a Power Rangers episode, we're good. that doesn't exist, so let's bring it back in. I
2: mean, there's quirks. There's just gigantification. The, the chick makes everybody nope. huge with a stab.
1: No, nope, that's magic. It's magic. It, it, it's not the same thing. We know all that. Oh, my God. Okay. So, going back, we are at the trigger line now. Monica's the other counter agent. We kind of go through all of that. We find the triggers revealed. We have a fight scene with Pop, um, fat Gum. Yep. And we also kind of, I mean... What do you guys think of the scissors quirk? I think that's kind of a super useful quirk for everything. It's it, like, oh, yeah. yeah,
2: it's it's it.
1: Especially for like a police officer, like a firefighter or something, that's a badass quirk. Yeah,
2: well, I, they
0: can't use their quirks normally.
2: Yeah, they're, us- uh, they're sure. usually they didn't make that. Number. Yeah. So, but I think I think I, I mean like I don't know like as I saw like Monica like around more, not just like this annoying idol. Like I was like, oh okay, like she's like she's actually like a decent cop and stuff like that. So I was, I got invested that way. Um, but yeah, her quirk was, uh, it was useful ish. Like, I mean, it, like it definitely, it was it just her fingers that she could like, no, and her legs. That's dangerous, dog. That's dangerous. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs>
1: All right. no, Moving on. What is next? Anything else to talk about? Um, oh, new hoodie, new hoodie, and a new hoodie. I love that. <laughs> I love this ongoing gag. This is such a good one. And that he's like, oh, I've collected them all but one. But really, every time he goes one, there's a special He
2: just gets another one, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, there's just, like, a random town that has their own special version of it. Yeah, has to have it. I mean,
1: I believe it. I mean, just, I mean, All Might is the biggest symbol in all of Japan there. I mean, we have, like, dumb little stickers and postcards. Like, we have all that merch that's like, every single city has their own version of. So, like, it's believable that, like, the idol figure of all of Japan would have its own, like, exclusive more than realistically, like an America would be like a bobblehead in every city, but the hoodie makes sense for like the story, and I do like that how that fits into it, and it's always like a point out moment like, Oh, I got a new one. Like, do you like it?
0: So I, I do have a question about that. Does this mean that there is no copyright law around heroes look?
2: Definitely not. You can't so, yeah, so, I guess not. So
0: it's just free use. They're their their uh their like likeness It's just free use in Japan.
1: I think it's more along the ways of, like, the, all the anime shops set up on Instagram is that just no one really cares enough to go after them. <laughs> or there's too many of them to go after all of them. I mean, if every single city in Japan has their own version of this hoodie, and there's probably multiple vendors in every city, that's a lot of work. And I don't think all Almighty really cares. I mean, he's not the one in it for the money. Like, he's never really talked about money or anything like that. Like, he's the all-for-one. He's the embodiment of hero. He doesn't yeah. care about the money side of it all. So... And he does, he's not a part of an agency. So who's going to go after him?
2: Well, I don't even think he has an agent. Like, I don't think he has, like, a manager, yeah, exactly. right? So he's just, like, super independent. He's not set up, like, uh, what's-his-face like what's his face? from uh, America? Um, oh, my God. Captain Celebrity? Yeah Captain Celebrity. Yeah, yeah, Captain Celebrity. yeah, so Captain Celebrity, I think, would be one who actually is, like, financially... Not financially established, but he has, like, management and stuff like that that would actually, like, pursue these, like, trademark kind of things. But like, it seems like most of the major heroes in Japan, so like All Might, Aizawa, I mean, even like Midnight, like I mean, they don't really seem to care. It's probably like I don't know, maybe they get a cut of the revenue. Who knows, right? I would like to see that though. I would like to see like the like the financial analytics behind it. That'd be kind of yeah, interesting. Where's our
0: chapter on hero IP law?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. Give me some. I give know. me some more legislation.
0: <laughs> I am all in on that. Um.
1: Anything else? I mean, obviously, we, we get the we get the Hot Gum moment at the end of Chapter 35. The main... we Yeah, we're very much introduced to the new Big Bat for at least this volume. Who knows how long. Or probably some kind of connection to the next level. Um, villains and the, the Villain Factory and all that kind of stuff. So, very cool to kind of have teases of who the next main character is. Um, Fat Gum. And, obviously, there's going to start being some connections. I mean, I think this... We're getting close to the moment... Of where Pop and Koichi might get involved with the police, I believe. My guess is now that uh, Namasa knows his little sister has a connection to these two. They realize Pop steps back from that original neighborhood. And they know that she's like kind of the idol. And maybe that she's a little bit of a vigilante that they don't go after too much. So they're kind of starting to put things together there. And now that they have the sister connection. I really believe that there's probably going to be a conversation in these next couple of chapters. And I would be surprised if by the end of this volume, um, the main detective didn't know about Koichi and Pi.
0: Yeah, so um, I'm remembering conversation from like, I like like way earlier, like maybe like if, probably like twenty chapters ago. Um, but the detective was talking to his his, his little sister about this because she was like, "Oh, I'm reading up on vigilantes and like I'm yeah. looking for, looking for these specific ones," and he's like, "Don't get too involved." it turns out she got <laughs> too involved um, so i think i think that 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 line of like he knows like basically everything now he's like oh these are the vigilantes of that area and everything yeah so, um i can absolutely see that andrew i think that they're gonna have that that combo fairly soon and it will probably be like the hey we're undercover and we can't get big heroes to something 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 we need we we need uh we, we need someone like you yeah
1: and that's how you get them more involved in the next level villain stuff and how you start ramping up stakes and all that kind of stuff. Benji, because eventually, we're making the assumption the stakes are going to start ramping up pretty slowly until um, it starts to get a little bit more my hero It's never going to be overhaul versus Deku fight, but I think there's going to be a couple of cool moments and bigger, more life-threatening moments in the next couple of volumes.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to. I mean, the villain can basically freeze time. Like, that's... It's a really powerful quirk. Like, there's going to be, like, a serious fight that goes down in some way.
2: Yeah. I, I You know what? I, I, I'm I, almost more okay with how they're doing this, though, because where the stakes aren't as, like, as insane and as crazy, it's a much more, like, I don't want to say realistic because it's, like, I, I think that's the wrong word for it, but it's a much more, like, reasonable kind of thing to... Grounded. Grounded, yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it's narcotics. It's, you know like exploiting a you know like a villain market and stuff like that. Like to me it's not as this crazy thing where you know overhaul is you know absorbing people and you're having this gigantic fight in the air. You know, it's just like more boots on the ground kind of stuff. And I don't know, I th- I, I think I really like that. It keeps like it, it keeps me interested in the series. Um and it doesn't get like too abstract, right? Um yeah, much more than the vet end the first episode
1: of random person being given the strongest quirk in the world.
2: Yeah. I mean... Second strongest quirk in the world? Well, yeah, exactly, right? So, I, I think... I, I think it, it's, a, it's a humble manga, I guess. Like, I guess might be the best way to say it. But, um... The other thing is, too, is that... When he... The detective found out that Pop was there, he, like... He was almost suspicious because he knew she was from the same neighborhood, right? Like, so yeah. she was already under suspicion initially, and then he was pissed off that they left, right? So, uh, yeah. I, I, I definitely feel like it's all going to come to a head sooner rather than later yeah
1: I agree Um, is there anything else from these chapters we want to talk about though any last notes any last comments alright now I think we want to jump in and do our plus ultra awards for this week where, where if you don't know each and every episode of the anime and now with the Vigilante's manga we decide on one character item object theme whatever the hell you want it to be you get a pick baby is the plus ultra recipient of the week and John, you get a lead
0: oh man this is a lot of pressure um so i think that mine is probably gonna be koichi um because he's like he's getting good he's getting good at what he does i mean we saw him get a pretty cool level up um we saw him you know uh act like whenever all the crab bot stuff was going down um he grabbed he grabbed that hoodie um which was another level up i guess plus one gear uh and he 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 handled himself like fairly well in that um it's not like he was uh being thrown around or anything and just like letting the other heroes take care of stuff like he was fairly involved with it um and he's be- he's become pretty pretty strong I, I think he gets it because of that
1: and but i i just have i mean, i think those are all a really good reasons. i just have to say fat gum. I just have such a strong bias and love towards him. At the beginning where he's like, okay, I have to hit you for every time you hit me. And he hits him six times to start. He's like, I only shot you once, but you'd maybe drop 36 of these balls. So I'm like, that's just such a great character development. And if you didn't know him from the anime, that makes you fall in love with him almost instantly there. And he's super friendly and all that. He bursts through the wall to beat up the giant crab bots, And you just see how strong he is there. He takes a blast. And most importantly, we get Hot Gum. Like, I love this. We want to get him for five chapters. I don't know how much more we'll get him. We'll probably get him a little bit more eventually. But I love seeing him. He's such a fun character to have in there and be alongside Koichi and all that. So as much as I agree, Koichi had a couple of pop-ups. Fat Gum is what made these chapters the most fun for me. So that's why I give him the plus ultra.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on the, the, the Fat Gum train. Uh mainly like I mean so come like despite the fact we've already watched the show and we already know about Fat Gum and stuff like that, he still goes plus ultra because he like explicitly says that he almost basically like bit it when he jumped on the blast, you know what I mean? So I'm like that's pretty that click to me classifies as plus ultra. Like that's you know, he almost he, he almost died, so I mean we get and we get Fat Gum as like a payoff, right? So I mean like it's a win win, right? Exactly <laughs> Exactly.
1: It's the best of both worlds, but I think that is going to do it all for this week's episode. Next week, we will be doing a special villains episode. Still trying to figure out exactly what that format is, but expect a couple of changes at the top of the show before we jump into the topic. More than likely talking about the overall villains of the show, our thoughts on them, kind of similar to a character deep dive. Um, But much more high level about the villains, but kind of talking through the moments, comparing them to other shonens and other anime in general. And just talking through them in general before later on in our special episodes going more in depth about certain characters, rankings, all that. We just want to talk through the overall villains of the show before
2: we get to all that.
1: But that will be all for this week's episode of Class 1A. Do you guys want to share the last little snippets before we take off?
2: yeah sure so just make sure to tell your friends about the class 1a podcast and hit us with that five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you listen to us
0: on make sure you check out poppedoff.com and twitter.com slash popped underscore off for updates on this podcast and all the other hype stuff we do but with that that'll be
1: all for this week's episode of class 1a we hope to see you all back here in class next saturday
0: I